Hello and welcome to the Glass Moon podcast. I'm Carol Edmund, the founder of Glass Moon, and today we're going to be talking about the exciting developments we have in bringing the Ruby system to fruition. With me, I have my partner in conversation, Suzanne Jacobs, the founder of The Seven, and also Neil Pace, who is a digital and transformation specialist and has his own company, Dynalogic. And I'm thrilled he's joined me in Glass Moon as our co-founder in Glass Moon Digital. So how are you both doing in the context of COVID? It's, it's certainly been an interesting um, journey. Uh, but actually, I've, I've, there's been some fantastic stuff that actually has really come out of it in terms of refocusing, repurposing and, and looking at how to deliver the knowledge um, in obviously in a much more virtual way. Completely, completely. And Neil, how is it for you? All good. All good. Thank you. I think uh, on a personal level, sort of hoping the whole thing goes away and we get back to normal-ish, whatever that means, uh, at some point soon. But from a business perspective... I think it's been a really interesting time. It's been uh, uh, the sector that I focus on the most um, in social care. It's really highlighted the need for sort of data and joined up systems and, um, and, and, and processes that actually work and people can manage things remotely. So it's, it's sort of flushed out the need for technology and really shone a light on it all. So for me, I've been busy. Sure. So, so Neil, have you found that you've... Um... Because you were, I guess you were used to working remotely a bit in terms of in your consultancy. Have you have you found that it's just pretty much carried on, or has there been much disruption in the way that you work? Um, a little bit. So I've always preferred the face to face engagement when we're trying to do change. Change is a lot about people, um, and so that face to face bit's important. But the technology is there and it's working, so we've been able to carry on doing what what we've always done. Uh, just much more remotely um, but yeah I, I, I don't see it as a massive problem it's just there are certain things that work better in a face-to-face -face setting. No sure absolutely I think that that sort of in-person interaction there's nothing to beat it but it is adapting to new and, and different ways and Susanna are you are you finding this time helpful in terms of getting the second book written and Good things like that yeah I certainly am yeah the, the the human leadership series uh yeah no it's um it's not far off I've actually had some some real time to really think about it and actually do you know what as well it's it's this this entire experience has accelerated and amplified why we need to do work differently so I, I think you know there's there's such a a unique opportunity to reshape and reimagine and to bring those skills and tools uh, to everybody um so and, and you know and actually sort of doing it firsthand um has been fantastic but yeah i'm i'm, a, I'm not a fan of it can being completely remote um but i am a fan of making sure that we blend things together so that we can get a, a better work-life integration as it as it were for everybody absolutely i think it is it's trying to find that sweet spot and get that balance so my week this week has been like the good old days of out looking at sites um, socially distanced meeting talking about things sort of out in the field and then you know back to webinars um, you know doing everything virtually so it's been a it's been a nice mix this week but it's not like that every week and so we're absolutely thrilled to have you with us today Neil um, as you know Suzanne and I have recorded a few podcasts now I think this is number eight so we're delighted to have you as our guest because we're going to specifically talk about um, some of the parts of Glassman that we're developing where there's a, a beautiful intersection between um, the human parts and the technology parts uh, in the ca 
category of talking about Ruby. Ruby, I think, is best described as a system because it has a number of interconnected uh, factors and components that, that bring it all together. But essentially, it came out of my uh, my research from a couple of um, years ago, which was effectively a, a model on a page which brought together about 70,000 words uh, in this thesis. And I've always been a fan of a one pager. And so the idea that we could take this model on a page that is effectively about helping organizations and people navigate from ways of working that aren't really conducive to how we now live and work in the 21st century. So how do we have an integrated bunch of ideas and concepts that we bring together in this big ecosystem that we live and work in? And how do we navigate to organizations working in a way that's really purpose-led, really um, person-led, and, and clearly are profitable, but they're sustainable organizations that grow sustainably. And from an individual point of view, because organizations are obviously a collection of, of individual people, how do, we, how do we do the same? How do we follow the same model to navigate to working in a way that's, that's well, that's conducive to us doing great, meaningful work, but also um, you know, really looking after our, our physical, our psychological, our financial well-being. Um, so we've got that great combination of purposeful, meaningful work and living a good life. And so that's where you know, the ideas came together in terms of thinking, could if we could create a, a system that enables us to do that, what would that look like? And so that, and so that's what we're doing. And so we have programmatic elements of Ruby in terms of concepts and ideas and tools and techniques that help effectively drive behavior change to help us um, work well in the 21st century. And then we also look at how would we help organizations look at their processes and their systems to drive much more inclusive cultures and much more focused on diversity of thought and really focusing on um, equity. And so that, that, that's the purpose of, of what we're doing and what we're bringing together. So we're going to talk about Ruby more broadly with you today. And we're going to specifically talk about the Ruby 7 program, because, of course, you were one of the, uh, the first cohorts um, to join us. And, uh, and we've had lots of conversations and lots of modules and lots of things coming out of it. And you've been fantastic in terms of a wonderful participant um, and a brilliant storyteller. And uh, one of the things that might or might not come out is our, our shared interest in the spiritual aspects of some of this, but we might not get to that today. So Neil, on your blog, you shared your experience of the Ruby model and how we're looking at digitalizing it to transform the work into a more human-centric and tech-enabled place to be. As I said a moment ago, you also joined us on the Ruby 7 program, which Suzanne and Glassman are collaborating on. So can you share the story of how you came to be involved in Glassman and in particular, what we're aiming to do with Ruby and the Ruby 7 programme? Uh, so, yeah, Carol, obviously I knew you from uh, previous consultant engagements. And um, when you, over uh, a lunch, uh, shared the Ruby concept with me, um, I just thought it was a really important thing. It was all on bits of paper and, and hand-drawn. Uh, but it really resonated with me around a lot of the work I've done on myself, the personal development stuff I've done on myself, the things that I'm interested in. Um, and, and as we were going through that lunch, um, I just felt it was a, an important thing to be involved in, really. The, the, the vision that you have, a, a, the change that you want to bring about in the workplace and the way that it supports people. 
um, and their development. And I feel quite strongly about people developing themselves and, and unlocking their potential. Not everybody knows that they have more potential and not everybody knows what's holding them back. And I just think the way that uh, what you've done with Ruby kind of joins all that together and is connected gives us a really uh, good way if we can surface that data and, and help people see that for themselves of, of seeing what more that they could do and, and how they can kind of optimize their their own environment or their own life or make the right next decision um, or see what decisions they've made in the past that maybe haven't worked out as well for them. Uh, being able to, to put that in, in somebody's hand and, 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 and all of those things that we would do with, with technology, I just felt it was uh, an important thing to do. I felt privileged that you'd, you'd asked me, but I also felt like I, I had no other option than to say yes because of where you'd invited me for, for lunch and uh, I'd probably wake up with a horse's head in my bed or something the next day if, um, if, if, if I did say no. So, um, no, in seriousness, I felt really privileged for you to, to, to ask me to be part of it. And at that time when I got involved, um, I, I was going through, you know, things myself that I needed to work out and getting involved with a group who was so positive and uh, we're trying to do something that's bringing about change, I thought was brilliant. And then um, getting involved then with the Ruby 7 programme and being a participant on that uh, and from Suzanne's perspective, the brain science and how that all wires together and how people see things in particular ways, depending on all the things that have happened to them. Again, it just helped cement things that I, I already knew some of, but it brought it all together and, and working with people through that program that then got hit by COVID and we all were sort of a big support group for each other through the early stages of COVID, I thought was awesome. So yeah, really happy to have been part of it. And you were, as I said a moment ago, you were an amazing participant because you really engaged both in the in-person session in the first one pre-lockdown and then when we went to that sort of virtual and Suzanne and I, I mean, literally we had to change one of the modules were due to do it in person and, and literally Boris Johnson announced that it, it wasn't safe to come into London work from home. So we were scrabbling around that night, literally moving it from an in-person module to, to virtual and a bit nervous, I think it's fair to say. Um, but you, you know, you, you were incredibly forthcoming and what what I loved about your participation was you could really see that you were engaging with it from that personal growth leadership development this is about me how do I grow as a person um and but also very much from an organizational perspective as well you could see you thinking about how do you bring this into an organization how, how do you really combine the human elements with the digital and the data elements and make this this scalable and accessible to more so with that in mind, what would you say were the personal growth and the leadership benefits of, of Ruby 7 to you, Neil? I think seeing how everything was, was connected, as I mentioned before, so on the personal level, I've done a lot of work um, over the years of, of my own sort of personal self-development. I've read a lot and, and everything that's in Ruby and then uh, the Ruby 7 elements, the, the, the stuff that Suzanne's brought to it as well has it really resonated with everything I'd, I'd always read. So to see that then being brought in as a leadership program and to understand how all of those different um, component parts joined together makes you make decisions and uh, how uh, resilient you are and you know how you handle different situations and what motivates you. And also then seeing that in other people and other people kind of going through that program of discovery and, and seeing their journey in it and, and the interaction, as I said before, I just thought it was great. So from a personal development point of view, 
it was another opportunity really to look at yourself and to, to, to you know see how how you tick um, and share that with other people and see see how different things have affected them um, from a from a professional point of view and how I'd see that from an organizational perspective just the fact that you can you can surface that data for the organization and you can understand what different things would work in different situations and how other people are motivated by different things than what you are and how you need to maybe take a look from their perspective rather than always seeing it from your own perspective but but through the tools that we're developing being able to bring that data out that allows you to have that view across the organization is is absolutely you know hugely valuable from a change point of view brilliant no thanks neil and i think that was one of the things that suzanne and i wanted to achieve was that how do we work at the the individual the me level then the team the sort of social context level and then the leadership sort of or senior leadership organizational level and in terms of how we see it coming into organizations i think there's 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 a couple of ways one is when organizations are doing big change programs or um at, at digital transformation programs ruby can really help people think at a fundamental level at a systemic level of how everything's interconnected and how can we start to really look at processes that are that are inclusive, that are progressive, that are that are future um, ready. You know, the, the future of work is here. So how can the how can the system help us look at those processes? How can we define systems that are human led as opposed to just focusing on um, output or productivity or efficiency measures that no longer serve as well? And the 21st century so we can look at it through um, process change through digital transformation or from a programmatic point of view which might start at an individual level at a team level or an organizational leadership level so there's a number of ways and we've developed we've deliberately designed it to be flexible um, to be agile um, and also to be able to be taken into specific cultural context in which an organization's operating um, and be able to be adopted and adapted in a way that works for the organization. Because if it doesn't work in the context, it doesn't work full stop. Which brings me on to asking you, Suzanne, in terms of, so, you know, we know the personal growth in the leadership markets are really full to the brim um, in terms of what's what's available. And, it, and it's tough for folk to kind of, for companies to figure out what is the right thing to choose and put in place. And especially now um, when, when everything in the world has changed so quickly. So what would you say, what is it that lifts Ruby 7 up to deliver value beyond so much more that's already out there to differentiate the learning experience? Yeah, you're so, you're so right. It's a, probably a beyond saturated market I should think um, and we and we literally across the globe spend billions on training each year and yet the return uh, is not even close to being fully realized um, we can attend fantastic talks and workshops but the, the thing is if we don't put the practice into um, application and into practice it, it's lost um, and that learning needs to be done just as you were saying and as Neil was saying you know, it needs to be at a multi-level layer. You know, it needs to be at individual team and, and within the organizational system itself to be embedded in the attitudes, the responsibilities, roles, communication lines, um, just to name, you know, a, a few of the elements that make up that entire ecosystem. Um, and, and really importantly, the tools have got to be applicable relevant they've got to be usable you know I, I, 
it's about getting your hands around it and being able to know that you can you can really put them into to action and of course they ultimately they, they need to work and you need to know that what you're giving really works um and for me ruby seven stands outside the crowd if you like because it combines huge amounts of experience uh, i mean i think you and i just together you know it's 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 over 60 years worth of experience um and with primary research so secondary and primary research and and our research really combines to to bring strengths and a holistic approach but also together with that i think we have a very strong learning structure with flexibility that that delivers exactly what's required for that applicability um, because the thing is, for me, um, our team have, I mean, they, we've literally lived and breathed what it means to grow ourselves, um, our teams, um, and, and build ecosystems that nurture real, real inclusive cultures of trust, because we've got the ingredients, but we've also got the recipe. We know how to put those ingredients together. Um, we, we know, and the research, of course, backs it up, that the tools really do work. The knowledge is incredibly valuable um, and it can be actively applied, as I said. I think the thing is for me is that knowledge is not wisdom. It is of no power unless it's applied and applied with curiosity. And, and I love, Neil, what you were saying about, you know, it's really about helping people see and clear their own paths, to join the dots, to tap into potential and discover it that, you know, perhaps you didn't even know you had. And, and at that multi-layer of effect, you know, the individual, the social, the team, and of course, at that e uh, ecosystem of the organization itself. I think that's right. And I, and I love when people talk about the difference between knowledge and wisdom, because it always reminds me of that little anecdote of knowledge is knowing that tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad. <laughs> it, always, always, it always makes me think of that when somebody uses knowledge and wisdom in the same in the same. Uh, same sentence so Suzanne you're you're absolutely right I think one of the one of the challenges we've seen this year is how do organizations and leaders who are stretched in so many different directions they're, they're trying to do the day job as they stood it, understood it before they're trying to do the day job relative to the COVID context and and figure out what the future looks like especially some of the organizations that Neil works with are middle right in the middle of digital transformations and big change programs so how do companies, you know, how do they carve out that investment and in time? And one of the things we talk about in Ruby is time, space and energy or time, space and autonomy. How do they carve out that time? Because we know that time is needed for learning to stick, but it's so often it's the element that people just, they, they don't give it the time, they don't give it the space. So, so how do we square that particularly difficult circle? Yeah, I mean, it, it's the irony, isn't it? Um of our world actually, not just in the way in which we're working. Um, it, it's the shift between it, sort of the doing organization and the learning organization. Because yeah, we seek and we actually, we're, we're built for innovation and adaptation. We wouldn't be here if we weren't. Um, and yet the way we're working and the way we're living means that we're actually time poor. We're overwhelmed, our capacity in both terms of headspace, as you were saying, and energy, it's, it's so sorely depleted. Um, and of course, the context in which we're all uh, living through right now has really amplified this, this challenge. So the thought of 
I think, I think for so many, the thought of taking on and applying new tools and knowledge can simply feel it's, it's just too much and can be put in the too difficult box. And compounding this is that actually we've got deep rooted habits of working, you know, outdated methods for motivation and a legacy of performance metrics that actually are designed to keep us stuck. Uh, we are creatures of habit. It's, it's, it's what we do, how we, how we go about our day. Um, we're creatures of habit, we're creatures of what we practice. And they, those practices can be good, they can be bad, they can be helpful and they can be unhelpful. But to learn new ways of working and leading and shifting our own story, it does need effort. It needs application and it needs discipline, um, as well as, of course, uh, the desire to, to change. And as just as Neil has said and is actually sharing with this, it's about being able to share back those stories so we can relay it. Because, you know, to be able to share your experiences with your peers or, or within a coaching situation, of course, coaching is part of it, to take time to notice the impact is such a vital component for behavioural change. Um, and I think also for me, it's about meeting people where they are. The absence of time that may be both true, uh, but also can be perceived. But either way, they're both a reality for us. So the fact that we're able to provide different formats to access the learning is, is, is so important around that flexibility. So as, as you were mentioning right at the very beginning, you know, and, and as we're growing the digital element, whether it be virtually, digitally, direct, uh, the reading, the listening formats, the for portability, for scalability and so on, and that partnering with, with an organization, teams and individuals, because the knowledge we've got is abundant and our flexibility to bring what is needed, I think really helps enormously with that challenge challenge of time. You know, I'm, I'm so passionate that we're here as almost sort of conduits to share the knowledge and tools, and we can do it in ways that really best help meet, meet those challenges of, of time poor. I think you're right. And I think it is, people are discounting the future, aren't they? And as much as they don't realize how much more complex and difficult um, it's all going to get and especially if they are in the middle of big transformation programs or cultural change programs in terms of the complexity the uncertainty the ambiguity the interconnected nature of everything and it's that discount in the future for you know not making the time and the space to to actually create the ability to upskill to reskill to to rethink and develop new mindsets and and I think it's going to cause some organizations some major problems and headaches down the line so Neil, if you're listening to this podcast and you're a busy CEO or a, um, an even busier CIO and you're facing down the barrel of a transformation program, be that big or small, and you're armed with the knowledge that there is a way to think about your organization as an ecosystem where everything's interconnected and you need to keep people on the journey of change, how would you recommend they engage with the Ruby model? and the programmatic elements in Ruby 7 to transform your company? Uh, that is a really big question uh, with a really big answer, um, but I'll, I'll try and be succinct with it. So I think um, normally with a transformation program, there's a driver for that change. And, and too often people um, who are tasked with delivering that transformation focus just on the, you know, here's where we need to get to. This is, this is what it needs to look like. And, and get very, in, in my world at least, get very sort of 
uh, focused on the, 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 the transformation through process and technology and, and forget often about the people bit. For me, everything starts with people. So I think you need to be able to understand the people um, in the organization who are going to be impacted by that change, who are going to play a big part in that change. And, and the thing, one of the things that we've been looking at is how do you surface that data, collect that data and understand all the various different intersections within the demographic that's your organization so that you can work out how best to manage through that change process. And I think the Ruby 7 program, if, if I was in charge of that transformation program for, from an organization point of view, pushing my leadership team, pushing my management team through the Ruby 7 program, I think would just open their eyes through the journey that, 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 that I've been through with Ruby 7 to understand things from other people's perspectives and, and for them then to be able to understand things from their staff's perspective or the, the, the people that they're in charge of perspective. So I think, I think those things would, would really help as a starting point for you to be able to hold the people of the organization together through the change process. Then the easier bit comes with process and technology change. Once you've got people on board and they understand what they're doing, why they're doing it, and you can be, you know, uh, you can show empathy towards them, you can incentivize them, you can motivate them, you can understand what drives them. The actual process of change then is a, is a whole world easier. And, and irrespective then of what that kind of process and technology layer involves, you, you can manage people through. So for me, it would, it would you know, 100% use those tools to surface the data um, around around the people that you've got is, is is the key to success and change. I think that's such an important point you've made because so many organisations, they get so fixated, especially with a plethora of different technologies and opportunities to digitalise things and whether it's machine learning, cloud computing, you know, um, artificial intelligence. And I think it's that lose sight of the sort of, that's only going to work if we get the people element. So whether that's the people that are doing the work, having to go through the change, or whether that's the customers, you know, whether be the whoever the customer might be. And so I think you're absolutely spot on, Neil, starting with, you know, why are we doing this? What's the purpose in this? And, and, and yeah, there'll be a kind of a vision and an end point or a future point or whatever. But who is it we've got to understand at this point? And as Suzanne was saying earlier, meet them where they are. And some of the things we're developing in, in Ruby and Ruby 7 is the ability to collect that data to see that as your starting point and then go on this journey. And in order to keep it keep, to keep it deeply human, that's where the programmatic elements of Ruby 7 really come in in terms of whether it's more art and craft and storytelling bits or the really more serious sort of science elements in terms of the neuroscience and stuff. So I have this crazy big audacious vision for for Ruby and, and the system and what I think it could do and I think look if I, if I hadn't worked at kind of MDCU level board level of big organizations um, I might be slightly slightly worried about how audacious this is but I, I really think this this system this approach because it's everything from a philosophy a mindset an ethos um, about how we how we change the world of work and how we do it from a person-led, a purpose-led, a humanistic perspective, but it also very much embraces technology, which is why I'm delighted that Neil's on the podcast with us today, because you know he is that specialist from a digital data technology um, point of view. And he's, you know, Neil, you've really brought that that 
um, analytical thinking and that process thinking to us as well. But the great thing is, obviously, you've done the Ruby 7 program. So you've you've really embraced it from a personal and professional level as well. So so basically, my, my vision for this is I want to in every organization who wants to be purpose led, purpose um, person led and who really cares about the future of work. So Suzanne, listening to Neil's answer there was really heartwarming in terms of just how much the kind of people in the human element um, is really relevant in change programs. And we've got a lot of experience. We've led teams through lots of change in lots of different contexts and, and kept them high performing teams. Um, obviously, you know, you and I have developed this, so we're very passionate about it, but why, why do you think companies should put in the time and energy and invest in a program like actually not like Ruby 7, why should people invest in Ruby 7 and their organisation? Yeah, no, definitely. Good question, because we need to be asking ourselves that question. We, we, need, to be, we need to know that we would buy us. Um, for, for me, the, the programme, it starts and finishes, if it ever really finishes, really, you know, we're always work in progress, but it starts and finishes in partnership, but with people. And it's got the real factors to create that deeply human fit experience. Um, it's multi-purpose and it's multi-layered. It's not just a, a one size fits all. It's certainly not a sheep dip. It, is, it touches on every skill needed for right now and for the future. Um, the, the, the sort of the detail around the components for me are the insights the program brings. I mean, just Neil, as you were saying, you know, it brings for the individual and the organization into that intersection of work and personal growth. You, you can't separate the two um, to be able to really see the system and the part that we individually play to contribute to the whole. It plays such a vital part in our own value, but it also allows us to have that capability to add value. I think secondly for me here, and they're all equal, there's no sort of hierarchy here, but it's the combination of science, real science, up to date. I mean, we have a relentless pursuit of, of knowledge, but the translation of that, the, res the primary research, but also the experience, it, it's absolutely second to none for me. Um, I mean, I, I suppose I would say that, but going back to that very first question you asked me, Carol, um, is extremely rare to find personal growth and leadership development programs with so much rich first-hand knowledge and tangible skills that can make such an impact. And I, I know it's why we're so passionate about sharing what we have, that if, you know, but I think back and if I'd had these tools and the knowledge as a young leader and for my own development, it would have helped, oh, it would have helped enormously as a, as a mature leader, it helps me enormously today. But do you know what? I always remember the first time I was leading a, a restructuring program. I was in my early twenties. I had to, part of it, I had to deliver a difficult message to an individual that their, their role was redundant. I'd had absolutely no support. I'd had no training. I had no experience really of any of this at this point. I was, I was young and I was, I was young in my maturity as a leader as well. But I was simply expected to get on with it. You know, that whole promoted to leader, get on and learn more about these human beings you're supposed to be supporting. Um, and the experience of doing what I did up, upset me so much that the individual ended up consoling me and asking me if I was okay. 
I just made her redundant and she was asking me if I was okay. Actually, it turned out it was what she was looking for in the end, but I didn't know that. And I would have handled it so differently and created a very different experience, both for myself and most importantly for her as well, if I'd had these tools. And I firmly believe the tools would have accelerated my capability, resilience, well-being, energy, you know, amongst many other benefits. They're, they're, these are the things that we search for and, and Ruby 7 delivers them. Um, I think the ability to be able to bring that capability to lead oneself and others through to new ways of working that are fit for this fourth industrial era. Um, to be able to create the time, the space, creativity and energy uh, to find certainty and control in the face of, I mean, let's face it, anything but, you know, uh, predictability. We're in an unpredictable, in ambiguity, because for me, and I know for you, and as we've talked and as we've developed this together, work has not been working for a very long time. We've got to drive change for good. We have. Yeah. Thank you, Suzanne. Thank you, Neil. So, so just to summarise today, I think the things that continue to um, sort of stick in my mind around the work that we're doing in the Glass Moon and the work that Neil, you and I are doing in terms of with the team of Glassman Digital and Suzanne, the work that we're doing in bringing Ruby 7 to the fore is really this opportunity to help organisations see the company as an ecosystem where everything is deeply interconnected. And I think both of you said a couple of times now what Ruby, uh, the Ruby model does and what the Ruby 7 program does is really help with that intersection of work and of personal growth. And if ever there's been a time that the intersection and the collision of our work and our, our personal lives and our personal growth and our, our well-being and welfare has ever been at the forefront of our minds, I think it's now. So as my granny used to say, timing is everything. So I think it's we're bringing this we're bringing this to the fore at a really important time in the world. So thank you, Neil. Thanks so much for joining us as our guest on the podcast. And thanks always to my um, partner in conversation, Suzanne Jacobs. And thank you to you for listening. Please leave a comment on our podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And um, I mentioned Neil's blog earlier. So if you'd like to head over to our website, www.glassmoon.co.uk to see our blog on Ruby or any of our other blogs or insights. Follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and keep up to date with our latest news. Thank you.